Blog Talk Radio. Bondage is now I am free. Da 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 da
that which we do, that which we say, that which we believe, and even that which we believe concealed. Believe we conceal. Because nothing's concealed. <laughs> even that which we believe that we contain and hold close and hold secret. The ancestors are already there. The ancestors already know. Your ancestors are already standing up. So we can't do anything. And we do all things first, understanding the power of the great mighty builders in which we now have our very great being. And, and for which I'm grateful, for which I'm grateful. But I also acknowledge the powers of the day. Some of you know the day to be. I acknowledge the power of foundation and strength and creation and recreation. The power to have direction and understanding, create and recreate, and see the fulfillment of that which we create and recreate. I acknowledge those that came before the indigenous spirit, the indigenous ancestors, those who were on this land, even in the process of the Middle Passage, those who were on this land as we got here. For the indigenous spirit, the indigenous ancestors, the indigenous powers. And when we think about our herbs, our plants, our roots, our potions, lotions, notions, <laughs> we talked about that a little bit on yesterday. Why are y'all buying commercial things? Why are you spending money for strings? Because that's what you're spending money for, is strength. Didn't you hear me describe yesterday that there are parts in the West where they say it's just wild? It, it, it just grows wild. You're growing sage. It's springtime. Who needs white thread? Who needs white cord? This off my own bush. <laughs> this white sage out of my own yard. It's shaped like this because you cut it, you harvest it, you hang it up, you let it dry. You let it dry. So why are we going to the botanicals and buying stuff that we can grow? I had a young man, a friend in Jamaica. Thank you, Keona, beloved. Asked me um, earlier today about green skull cancer and what a green skull candle is used for? Uh, burning candles. Oh, I know it wasn't the answer that he expected. He expected something magical, something hoodoo, something voodoo. Green skull candles don't have anything to do with voodoo. It's a commercial, botanica <laughs> produced product to get your coins, to get your money. And so now you equate things that you see on shelf at the Botanica that you see online in some of these very cute and entertaining posts as having something authentically and organically to do with voodoo, with hoodoo, with root work, with conjure. And so I asked him, how many green skull candles would your ancestors have had access to 100 years ago? 75 years ago, 50 years ago, 
let alone 200 years ago. So what was what were the Haitians doing? You know what I say, green skull candles. We we didn't even use commercial candles. We used candles if wax was available, if beeswax was available, if you could hide that from massa or or even acquire it from massa. You know, then we had access to candles. Candles had a purpose. You know, they they weren't wasted, if you will. And so the idea of light and illumination more often than not would have come from oil, would have come from oil lamps. So even the idea of the commercial candles, you know, the, the glass candles, the candles that have imprinted imagery on them. And some of you in this room know that you can imprint imagery of your choosing on the candles. That's available uh, today. There are sites that help you to put your own imagery on the candle. I'm Keona Beloved. Am I missing my questions? Oh, okay. Thank you for being with me. My phone number is area code 845-277-9143. 845-277-9143. When you're ready with your question, comment, or request, please do press the number one on your telephone keypad. I will be more than happy to open your mic and bring you into the conversation. Now, listen, I don't have a whole lot of time today. I'm a little bit hoarse. I've been in ritual a great deal all morning, um, and I have other appointments to do. Um, I actually have a celebrity um, appointment today. So I don't have a whole lot of time. So we're going to sort of hit it and quit it. We're going to come in and and keep it moving. Um, I acknowledge your uh, power as a god, as a goddess to create and recreate the reality that that you seek, that you desire. But I implore you, I beg of you to be willing to do the work. Be willing to do work. Don't be beguiled. I know I, I went on a little tan about volcanicas and whatnot, but, but don't be beguiled by what you see on the Internet, particularly if it seems too good to be true, too quick to be reality, too fast to be within the realm of of what's logical, be careful. There are predators out there who are preying on your desire. They're preying on your thirst for, your hunger for, your need for, but also your unwillingness, your unwillingness to do some homework, to do some study. Start with yourself journey looking for myself. I started this journey trying to understand myself. And in doing so authentically, honestly, organically, then of course you you, you have to break down the layers. You, you have to peel away the layers. You know, your upbringing, your environment, your family, your education, your experience. But then you get to your truth, what is your truth separate from all the voices, separate from all the noise? What is the truth that you are absolutely committed? Stop hiding this. We're not hiding ATR in, in 2021. We're not hiding voodoo in 2021. Not authentic voodoo. Not authentic commitment to these systems, not authentic commitment 
to indigenous practice and tradition. And by all means, be connected to the people, but be connected to the people of that lineage, of that tradition, of that past, of, of that system. Be connected. Take this time to evolve our sense of relationship building. We need to do better in building relationships. We need to do better at coaching the world in the sense of I need, I want, I desire. Can you help me? Can you give it to me? Is this a gateway to what I want? Without taking a moment to breathe, without taking a moment to acknowledge the humanity of the other person, the humanity of the teacher, the humanity of the, the service person, the, the humanity of the essential worker, the, the humanity of the people that are in the mud, who are, who are collecting our garbage, who are picking up our, our mess, who are keeping our environment clean. Yes, I'm speaking interdimensionally right now. <laughs> I'm speaking in a very literal way that's, that's very on time for, for what we're dealing with right now. But I'm also speaking what's going on in here. Just get rid of what's not useful. Get rid of what's not helpful. Get rid of what is binding you up. Get rid of what's toxic in you and for you. Get rid of what's not working for you. Somewhere in a room, they're saying, you know, to, to, to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Expecting a different result is insanity. It's insanity. You got to take a different course. You got to take a detour. And and when I look at us and our connection to these systems, we got to get beyond the fads. We got to get beyond the trends. Oh, my goodness. If I get another question about artificial stuff that's being sold, that's being offered to you, that's being promoted, and we still today are falling for it. I just don't get it. I just don't understand it. There's a part that says, do we really want to be tricked? Do we really want to be fools? Do we really prefer what's not real, what's artificial, what's been bought and paid for and, and put together over what's natural, over what's wholesome, over what's real. I'm grateful for you. And and remember now, I don't have a whole lot of time (laughs) because I do have an appointment um, shortly. So please call me with your questions, comments, and requests. Let me look at my phone lines at area code 845-277-9143, 277-9143. When you're ready with your question, comment, or request, do press the number one in your tel- on your telephone keypad. I will be more than happy to unmute your mic and bring you into the conversation. Peace and blessings, beloved Orisha, Neophyte Bokor. Thank you so much for your continued love and participation and support. Um. Thank you so much, Kiona. Your Highness, beloved, thank you so much. She was here before the lights came on. 
um, you're, you're wondering who is with you. I'm not saying the first part of what you said. Uh, Your Highness, um, I see I'm 38 years old. I've always wondered if she is with me. Who is she? I'm not getting uh, that part of your question. Uh, Luana Autry, your question is not complete. I see greetings, I have been, and then there's nothing else. So I don't know what's going on with the uh, <laughs> chat, but, but um, <clears throat> Keon, if you can help me out, so because I'm, I'm a little confused, I would like to respond to she, but who is she? She that she's referring to. Uh, and why are these questions showing up in the chat? Um, yes, beloved, um, D'Amico, beloved, thank you so much. Yes, the magic is in the garden. Um, I planted this stage three years ago, three years ago. And so it survived, you know, the Louisiana winter, New Orleans winter, and, and comes back hardy every year. And all I really have to do is go out there and break off some or pull off a, a, a branch, you know, and dry it if I'm going to use it to, to burn, to smudge, to cleanse. Sometimes I'll, I'll break it down into a powder and mix it with uh, other herbs, oils, roots, depending on what I might be trying to do, depending on what I might be, you know, trying to accomplish. Today I'm using my cast iron because, of course, in the ritual calendar of things today, we acknowledge or say our group. And so I got all kind of cast iron. Don't be confused. <laughs> I got all kind of cast iron, all kind of shapes, sizes, you know, uh, uses. Of course, this is leg wash pot. This is leg wash, you know, my three-legged pot. And you don't open or close any ceremony, any ritual without crossing over into the crossroads. So Eshu is always present. Eshu is always available. Uh, thank you so much for your questions, your comments, your requests. Uh, I'll be moving forward momentarily. So please come at me with the quickness. I am available to do your live readings. I am available to um, assist you in your in your endeavors. Um, looks like she might be asking about the dead or, or, or someone who's on the other side. Hey, girl, we can absolutely talk about that, beloved. Um, follow Keona's instructions, and she she'll help me to get to you. Um. Hoodoo occultism. Greetings, beloved. Can we talk about toxic family habits that come between that come between personal relationships? Um, yes, absolutely. And I appreciate how you worded your question. Because the toxic family habits absolutely carry into the relationship. And so if we don't heal self. Which which requires us healing the root, <laughs> you know, who we are, how we were born, of whom we were born, 
and, and then lineage, not not just relative, you know, specific people, mama, daddy, grandparent, etc., but lineage. When you speak of family habits, you're talking about lineage, something that's been passed down. We know, for instance, certain health issues, diabetes, heart problems, high blood pressure, tend to pass down through a family, pass down through a lineage. Well, why is that? Is that just biological? Is that just chemical? Or or, or is there more that might be spiritual, that might be behavioral? When you speak of habits, we also conjure the idea of behavior learned behavior or, or evolved behavior of how our environment shapes and reshapes our behavior. So our family is going to leave an imprint on us stronger than any other imprint. Your childhood, your upbringing, particularly from birth to five years old, is going to leave a strong, the strongest imprint on the rest of your life. And then that period of your life from six years old to 35 years old, now you have an opportunity to impress upon the environment, to impress upon, to take what you know, what you've been through, what you've experienced, and now you're out there in the world applying that. You know, before that, you pretty much are up to the, to the responsibility and authority of your parents particularly from birth to five years old. You're not making a whole lot of decisions, conscious decisions on your own. Your mom, your dad is choosing almost everything for you, almost every move you make. But, but six, seven, 12, 15, now your personality is coming through. Now what you know, what you, I like to say, understand, what you understand is it might just be information, might just be what you heard, might be just what you remember, might just be what was written down. But understanding is taking that and then, okay, I get it, I see it, I can apply it, I can, I can flip it around, I can take it apart and put it back together if, if I want to. As a child, I was that kind of kid. I, I love to take things apart. Uh, electronics, whatever it was, I, I wanted to know how things work. Um, one of the craziest events in my family <laughs> was around me taking something apart. Uh, my dad loved to give me broken stuff. My dad loved to give me his broken stuff. So he would get stuff for himself, you know, and then if it didn't work anymore or, or if it wasn't up to his standard, then he would pass it down to me. And he loved these watches. And back in the early 80s, you know, there was always a watch commercial on. And they were selling all kinds of fake watches, faux watches, um, designer watches, watches with crystals and stones and all, all kind of, you know, unique stuff. If you live in Miami or you live in Los Angeles or New York City, you know somewhere in your town right now where there's a whole wall of sunglasses or a whole wall of just watches. And so you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so he gives me this watch and I take it apart. I'm trying to figure out, you know, is the battery, is there something else going on with this watch? And inside the back of this watch, he had cut out a picture of a boy and a girl, probably about the size of a dime. 
about the size of the dime. And they were like twins. I mean, you could tell that in the picture. But one was a boy, one was a girl. And so I'm immediately, okay, who is this? Why is it hidden in the back of this watch like this? And, you know, and of course I approached my mother with it. And my mother was in a great deal of denial back then. Often when a woman is in a relationship where she's controlled, where she's not allowed to speak, where she's not allowed to exert her personality, uh, and, and when religion gets involved, it, that sometimes makes matters worse. Because then it's, you know, biblical. Then it's, you know, Quranic. Then it's, you know, the book says a man is the head of the household. And, and therefore, you know, and so if a woman is already challenged at the level of ego, self-esteem, how she feels about her self-worth, self-value, then that dominant masculine figure, you know, because you bit, butch women can do it too. You know, butch women do it too. That the masculine dominant figure in the relationship takes over, and then there's this controlling thing. So even in in that moment, she she wouldn't allow herself to realize what I was holding in my hand. The I at twelve knew exactly what I was holding in my hand, and now I'm expecting a response. And of course, her response is, "Well, you know, I'll handle it. Let me talk to your daddy about it later." And and at that point, I never heard anything else about those twins. It took my father's sister, Rolene, <laughs> Aileen, to tell me the truth about who those twins were. So um, the road to self-discovery, to, to exploration, to inner standing self absolutely requires us, who do occultism, to look at toxic toxicity in ourselves, in our families, even, even if mama's pregnant, even if you're pregnant right now and there's the sound of my voice, you want to create an environment, a sacred space for your child to develop in, in peace, in love, in harmony, sometimes in stillness, in calmness, things that you want that not only the child to then manifest at a later date, uh, who do call is some question was about personal uh, relationships. Let me put that back up on the screen again, so y'all know what I'm talking about. Because I know I can jump around sometimes. Um, <clears throat> personal relationships. That's when you're going to manifest what you know, what you think you know, uh, and and often sub- subconscious cues, because when feelings and hormones and chemicals and love mm. get involved. And, flirting gets involved, sometimes you're not on your 100 now. Sometimes you can be confused by what, by what you feel. So it's in those moments, personal relationships, that you're often going to respond like that. You, you don't have a whole lot of time to think. And so what you believe, what I call demonstration, what you know, what you've experienced, that's what's going to stand up. That's what's going to aggress forward in the personal relationship. So it's almost like cutting toxic ties. It's almost like cutting relationship entanglement and, and removing people, places, and things from your inner self that no longer serve you and being willing to look at it for what it is and be honest 
It's not always about being honest with me, you know, or the practitioner or the minister or the therapist. But if you can't be honest with you about what might be toxic, what might be a habit that's learned or ingrained from that lineage footprint, from that family footprint, then it, it absolutely shows up time and time and time again um, in, in your relationships. I can remember a point where I couldn't count how many whole, healthy marriages were in my life back in, in the 80s, back in that time. So I looked at my grandparents and my parents and my aunts and my uncles, and, and I examined with an erudite mind the nature of those relationships and how they would then affect me. And, and so that's, that, that's followed me. Uh, and, and now my lifestyle all further complicates trying to develop a relationship with someone. Um, if, if they're not with the magical books equally yoked, you're already on a problem. Today in the spirit of Osei Ogun, you got to look at the foundation of things. You got you to gotta look at how things are built, how things are put together, how, how, how things are rooted at the foundation. And sometimes you got to separate the wheat from the tear. Sometimes you've got to cut away, chop away, get rid of, eliminate what's no longer serving you, what's no longer helping you. And so it's hardest occultism when we look at ourselves because it does require that level of honesty you know I knew my dad was aggressive my dad was angry my dad was vicious my dad was violent so at 10 at 11 at 12 I'm already envisioning I don't want to be that guy I don't want to be that person. I, I'm, I'm already now looking at I was always a people person and an examiner of people, looking at older people who who showed up negative. You know, we, we call that the grumpy old man, the, the grumpy old woman syndrome. I, I don't want to be that. And in order to not be that, wherever you are right now in the spectrum of age, from 18 on up, you now have an opportunity to break that chain, to, to break that pattern, to not be that person, to not be that guy, to not, to not be that woman. Um, and understand that sometimes in doing the work, you got to sit down or, or stop dating or take a fast from trying to, you know, there's this trajectory, if you will, that society puts you on. You know, you should be married at a certain age. You should have children at a certain age. You should be successful at a certain age. You should own your own house at a certain age. You should have accomplished certain things at a certain age. And I've noticed that with love and relationships in particular, there's this pressing, unseen point in time that people feel that something should be happening. And spirit just might be asking you to focus on yourself. I'm going to say it again. This is what created the problem day for yesterday to be more selfish. Sometimes you have to be more selfish. And I do not mean toxic. 
I don't mean negative. I don't mean bad. I mean self-care, self-awareness, being able to care enough about myself that I'm willing to look at myself clean and dirty, inside and out, front and back, top and bottom, naked, without any corruption of idea. We talk about uh, uh, body dysmorphism on this show sometimes as a symbol of spiritual dysmorphism. Some of you think you gods and you just a little demon. Some of you think you goddesses and, and you just little gems. You're, you know, master wizards and, and you just an elf right now. You're just an imp right now. You're just a ghost of who you really are right now. And, and I'm talking about getting honest. You got to be able to get honest with your weaknesses. You got to be able to get honest with what you need help with. Okay, this is my strength. I got that down. Most people got that down. But these are my weaknesses. Now, how do I fix, repair, or change that? How do I call in an expert? I called in an expert. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So that's one of my appointments I'm having today. I called in an expert. Uh, what should one do if their mom allowed her boyfriend to beat them as children? And now they have toxic relationships. That's um, that that's a tough one. Who do call ism? It's also one that I can connect with um, personally, because again, my father was violent. Um, my father would hit you with anything, anything. Uh, not just the belt, the extension cord, the two-by-four board, the hammer, you know, the dog chain, the dried-up Christmas tree, you know, you know the whole evergreen tree and you put it in the backyard and now it's July and it's dried up. You know, yeah, he got me between that tree and a brick wall. I, I must have been, I don't know, 15 when that happened. You know, sometimes my timing is cloudy from that period um, because of the violence. Sometimes you only remember the violence, and so that solidifies the whole time. Um, and then other times you only remember the violence, and then you lose some of the other details. And so you got to do your shadow work, who you're caught in. You have to do your shadow work. That is walking back in time. In, in time space to, to those moments and address them. But first you have to address who you were as a kid. You have to acknowledge the kid. You have to acknowledge the feelings of the kid. You have to acknowledge that you were just a kid. And so you couldn't protect yourself and the people who should have protected you were not doing so. And so now you've got to heal that kid you got to stand up for that kid, and, and now you got to protect that kid. I, I know for me, and I'm getting real naked right now, um, it, it was about protection, and it still is today. Um, I've got a weapon in every part of the house, <laughs> okay? Um, I don't go anywhere unprotected scenarios where I might have to aggress or be aggressed. And if I am going to be aggressed, I'm well prepared for aggression. Um, so that's one way that that 
shows up. But at the emotional level, particularly now you're trying to form relationships, you have to be careful about your temperament. You have to be careful about the things that are your triggers, the things that make you angry, the things that might give you fear, the things that might affect your your output, your projection in any given moment. Because you might now be not just not the, the person who's perpetrating the aggression, but you now might be accepting it. And, and we see a lot of that, particularly with men. You might be now attracting young women who are um, aggressive, violent, over the top, uh, a little bit psycho, you know, and, and it could be, again, a footprint of the toxic effect of your mother's partners who were abusive to you. Now you carry that, and you're going to carry it either in your body, so it's going to show up in either in your weight or your health or your mental health, or it's going to show up 